Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Coming to you from the studios here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, Grace FM, the home to Grace FM. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Text to me seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Just finished a Q and A. Well, we didn't just finish. We did it last night as a church dedicated to Wednesday night. Teamed up with my son, Pastor Joshua, and Pastor Ian, uh, who I have served with, and uh, even even though he's a little bit older. Uh, I see Ian as a son in the faith uh, and have watched him grow into such a godly man um, over the years. And uh, together we uh, answered and took some questions in our church. And we had, I don't know, 75 or so questions in an hour and a half. Uh, and so let's, and we only use texting. So if you want to give me a call, uh, or you want to text me, I'm sure we can uh, fill the show with questions. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. If you want to watch that, uh, because it was on video as well, it was on our live stream, as well as our um, our live stream in our Grace FM Live uh, on, on radio. But we archive them. Go to calvaryco.church. But the best way to get information is download our app, free on any platform. Just search the the just search my name, Ed Taylor, and the Calvary Church app will pop up. Welcome, shout out to everyone uh, listening in London, in Ukraine, or South Africa. I uh, see around the country. Let's see who's listening: Vegas, uh, Kentucky, Washington. Uh, that's D.C., New York, Boston. Colorado. Who else? What's that? Up in Oregon on the border there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. 303-690-3000. Let's just go right over to Strasburg. Wani is on the air. Wani, welcome to the program. Thank you. And I just want to thank you for all that you're doing during this really difficult time. And I especially enjoy the prayer times on Wednesday night. I really, really um, cherish that. Um, Yeah, so last night, you know, there was reference that Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her. I think that's Luke 8. But I've heard other pastors keep referring to her as a prostitute. And, you know, in some of the secular movies, Risen, for instance, you know, she was this prostitute and... And other movies have um, portrayed her as a prostitute, but I can't find anything in the Word that says she was a prostitute. So this actually comes from two pieces of information. The first one 
is in Luke 7, verse 37, where Mary Magdalene is associated with the woman in the city who was a sinner. And that's no, that's no specific reference uh-huh. to uh, prostitution. However, the city of Magdala did have a reputation for prostitution. Oh, okay. And okay. so when you put those two together, it's an assumption. Uh, it's okay. a conclusion, but it's definitely not a biblical truth. Okay. I just really appreciate that answer. Thank you so much. Have you ever much. been to Israel? Have you been to Israel? Okay. Here is my prayer, and I am saving, saving, saving. I go to okay. um, Calvary Bennett because I live out in this area, and my yes. prayer is that I'm saving already to go to Israel with you in 2021. Good. You know, um, because the reason I mention that is because one of the stops we've been doing the last few years is the new find uh, in Magdala. They have uh-huh. unearthed a uh, first century synagogue there. They have, it's, it's a fascinating, they, you know, they were building a, the Catholics own it, they were building a hotel, and when they were digging for the hotel, they found something which now has to stop all construction, yes. um, and, and then they ended up building the hotel around the fine. Now they have a hotel and a tourist stop, but it's pretty fascinating. Uh, the, and my favorite painting of, of uh, my favorite biblical painting like a uh, conceptual painting uh is is in the church they built there and you could buy copies of it it's it's where uh it's a picture of feet actually and reaching out you can i think you can google it and uh the the woman reaching out to touch the hem of his garment yeah. it's pretty awesome oh. so it's a great great visit important i'm gonna really quickly can you Announce that you're going to Israel. Do you first take it from your um, attendees at Calvary Chapel Aurora, or can the rest of us that can we have a chance yes, to go to? Both of those are true, and here's how it usually happens: uh, we announce it to the church first. There's a big outpouring. Uh, we usually fill the trip within a week or two. Um, in one case, we filled the trip before we even announced it. Somehow, it just got out and it just filled up, but. Here's what happens. People drop out, things change, and over time, we start opening up to people outside of the church, and generally, everyone that's ever wanted to go with us ended up getting to go with us. I'm just going to really put that on my prayer list, because yes, I've already started, started saving, and Jonathan and Amanda, Jonathan is my son, I think you know yes. John, um, uh-huh. so, you know, hey, Mom. Okay, oh, thank you so <laughs> You started breaking up on the cell phone. I'm sorry, but God bless you. Okay. Pardon me. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Take your calls and questions. Text me, 720-336-0897. And pray for us, just like Wani's praying, like so we can finalize... <clears throat> The trip because we still have not finalized 2021 uh, because of Israel not opening and uh, taking the the putting people's money at risk because if you cancel then you can't get it back and so we're just praying for finalization of our trip uh, so that we can go uh, again in 2021. We absolutely 100% want to go. I just received. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been losing my voice the last couple of days. 
Um, I just received a video from on WhatsApp this morning from our tour guide, Shraga. Uh, there's a big protest in front of the Knesset because they're not opening the country as fast as people want, especially to tourism, which is the primary income of Israel. So there was a big protest. Then I noticed our missionaries there, Bess and Larry Hersekow, they've been posting pictures, general pictures Bess has on Instagram, and I thanked her for giving us a little virtual tour of Israel. And today, she posted some pictures of their shopping trip to the Shuk, or the open outdoor market, with bread and fruit. And so they are starting to open up, um, but we need them to open up completely. We need us to open up. We need we we need some open doors to open up, and uh, we look forward to that day. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. All lines are open. We have no texting. Oh, actually, we do. Um, can someone please explain to me the Native American beliefs and Christianity? I have a friend that says they're Christian but made a comment that God speaks in different ways like with animals and Native American beliefs? Well, that is a great question. I haven't, I don't remember uh, that being asked before. So let me back up and speak on something I know for sure and then get into a few observations of Native American beliefs. First of all, there is only one true God, and that is an absolute truth all the way through from Genesis 1 to the end of the book of Revelation. And this one true God has revealed himself in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God loved this world so much that he sent his only begotten Son, God in human flesh, to live, die, and rise again for the forgiveness of our sins. And so Christianity is rooted in a person, Jesus Christ. It means to be Christ followers. It means to believe in the exclusivity of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. That's what he said. He said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So the, the unified monotheistic teachings of Jesus Christ, of the Bible, excludes any other religious system or belief that is in conflict with the teachings of Jesus Christ. That makes sense, doesn't it? If you're the only way, there aren't two ways. And most Native American religions, it do include a viewpoint, a belief in a divine creator, uh, many times referred to as the Great Spirit. But another uh, collection of beliefs that are uh, found among Native Americans uh, can include uh, monotheistic, or excuse me, pantheistic or polytheistic. Uh, viewpoints, which would be belief in more than one God. And the Native Americans would not accept the Bible as the absolute authority. 
which would then define for them their teaching. Now, some people would kind of equate Christianity with uh, trying to change the beliefs of the Native Americans. I'm sure you've heard that before, where the colonialists or those that have come to the Americas, Christianity, so bad, Europeans, uh, they wrecked and ruined uh, the Native Americans' lives. And, and let me say that, yes, people did very evil things in the name of Jesus Christ. I would agree, but we have to be careful with our language, right? Because Christianity, monotheism, the the truth of God in human flesh, the truth of one true creator God, predated Native Americans. And I think we have to realize that. Uh, the monotheistic divine creator God predated humanity. And so when we do when we think of Christianity, we have to associate Christianity with people and people did very evil things in the name of God, no doubt. Uh, but in a very general in a very general way, uh, Native American beliefs, the idea that God uh, speaks with animals or speaks through rocks, um, it would I would just say for a person you're having this discussion with, to let them express to you what belief they are <clears throat> expressing, and then you can compare it with the scriptures. And that's what I would do. 303-690-3000 is the number. Um, 303-690-3000. Um, here's a text that said Native Americans were treated very poorly by so-called Christians. Correct, that's what I just said. 303-690-3000. Uh, how about here's another texting question. Is it biblical to be with or want to marry one, someone that's divorced with a child? Um, I don't know necessarily the nuance of your question, but someone that's divorced with a child does not preclude them necessarily from marriage. Um, so to want to to be attracted to someone or want to serve them and love them and be married to them is a biblical desire. Um, if you are looking at what the merits of a real uh, biblical divorce is, you're going to want to look to, was there adultery involved? Uh, was there desertion involved? And, and begin to, is there a possibility of reconciliation with the, the father? Um, with the with the ex husband, those types of things, but that those aren't things really that a radio program can cover. Um, but you would want to sit down with a pastor. But it's certainly not unbiblical to be attracted to someone that's single, um, and in this case, have some situations that need to be pursued biblically. But it's definitely not unbiblical. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Bennett, Bennett, we're going to go to Timothy. Hey, Ed. Um, hey, what's up? Hey, doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Hey, I got a question. Simple. Um, I'm an old Calvary guy. I've served at different Calvaries. Big yes. fan, of course, of Chuck Smith, like you are, and well, more of a, uh, Lorraine, but that's a whole different subject. Uh, the change in the name to Calvary Church, 
I also know that Skip's starting to use that terminology also. Can you explain to me the reason behind it? Well, I can't explain to you why Skip did it, but I can explain to you why we did it. Uh, we found that in assessing where we were as a church family in our community and assessing the 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 need to refresh um, how we're perceived in the community, uh, we decided to add church to the name to our name uh, because people uh, were searching for, and we also added my name in some of the logos because people were searching for our church by my name and they were searching for us as a church, not necessarily as a chapel. And we had people confusing us because, you know, the Dove, um, our older logo, um, the Dove that we brought with us from Calvary Chapel, you know, um, I was sent out by Calvary Chapel in Downey uh, and my pastor's Jeff Johnson. I just talked to him earlier this week. Um, We are still Calvary Chapel. We are still... Uh, we haven't changed our theology. We haven't changed our our beliefs. We haven't changed our associations. Um, you know, until until I go home to be with the Lord, I'll be a Calvary Chapel pastor. Um, but our name, uh, we found that people thought we were a wedding chapel because of chapel. People thought we were a Christian school. I don't know if you've ever driven by our building, but it doesn't look like a church. Um, doesn't have anything on it that recognize it as a church. So as we were looking to redo our logo, redo our font, um, put a fresh face on the church, um, we actually took the idea of Calvary Church from Skip Heitzig and said, we are going to add the name church so people know that we're a church in the community. But if you search Calvary Chapel, you search Calvary Aurora, you search Calvary Church Aurora, we're all going to come up all the same what you're saying, because uh, I am a big fan of the distinctive. Um, I've come, my history is going from Geno's Church to uh, Calvary Chapel Loveland. From Calvary Chapel Loveland, I've served a couple of others. Now I'm up in Bennett. I uh, am uh, a part of your most excellent way and yeah. pure life ministry at your church. Yes. And the guys there are awesome. And uh, so I was just noticing that um, I, I have a biasness towards Calvary Chapel. It was a fresh breath there. Uh, when, well, let uh, me let me also let me answer that from a, from the perspective of when I moved here to Colorado. Um, the only people that care about the name Calvary Chapel are people that came from a Calvary Chapel. Most people in Denver don't care. They didn't know about Calvary Chapel until Calvary's came. Uh, really, I think that we have had a privilege in our community by providing Grace FM of introducing Colorado to a lot of great Calvary Chapel pastors. But the name itself actually is caught up in all kinds of turmoil and controversy now too with the split and Pastor Chuck passing away and all the drama and all the difficulty. And and so the you know the name itself, we, we've been known as Calvary Aurora almost since the time we got here. Like we... We've, we've always been a Calvary Chapel. I mean, you go on our website, you see our distinctives, you see our theology, you see who we are. But I think that as the name Calvary Chapel really doesn't matter. People, people don't care about Calvary Chapel unless they came from one. So when we're evangelizing and we're sharing the gospel with people and we're pressing into the community and I mean, do, do a, do a, um, do a, uh, uh next time you're at Most Excellent Way, um, ask somebody 
um, ask the group, you know, just for fun, say, who was the first pastor at Calvary Chapel? Or who was the first pastor of Calvary Chapel? And then just see what they say. Maybe they'll say Chuck Smith, maybe not. And then say, who was his assistant? And I bet you nobody in that room except you would know that. Why? And so, uh, and, and I mean, and I hold to that. It's not what the name on the church is, it's what we yes. stand for and what we teach. Yes, and, that, and that's really the essence, whether it's Harvest, Horizon, whether it's, you know, here in town you've got, uh, in Vail you've got Mountain View, Cal- I think they kept Calvary Chapel in their name, but you've got, you know, a lot of the churches in town, um, you've got Legacy up in Thornton, you know, a lot of them that, that we all are one big family um, with different names, but we're all in the family. And I believe we're we're just definitely on the same page as me, also being an old California guy. And, uh, yes. And so it was just something I saw, and I've been meaning to ask, and nobody yeah. better to ask than you. Well, hopefully the team can answer that question too, but I think that we we really needed a fresh we needed to pivot you know we're we're moving into a new a new era of ministry and and there was a season there where Calvary Chapel had uh where the name really did have a draw to it uh which is great because people are looking for verse by verse chapter by chapter um but now uh church is more important than chapel actually because chapel just reminds people of wedding chapels i like it um, no disagreement with me. Uh, no, it's great. Yeah, um, I mean, because it, it's all about what we, what Calvary was all about. It should be all about, and that is line by line, the verse by verse, and uh, what our distinctives are, and reaching, uh, reaching a hurting world. Period. I agree with that. And I, if you walked in. Have you been in most excellent way when the building was open? Uh yeah. So you walk did you were you there when we painted that new uh, slogan on the wall where it says we will do anything short of sin to reach the lost. Amen, yeah. And that that's our the community is reaching the community is the most important piece of what God has called us to do as a church and we're really wanting to focus on Missions and outreach, evangelism and discipleship. Like I said, it sounds great to me. Uh, walk through your doors again because uh, yes, you know, can't wait till the doors are open and uh, to see uh, the guys at most excellent way in pure life. And uh, yes, so thank you, buddy. You're welcome, buddy. Thanks for the call. It's a great question. 303-690-3000. Colleen in Baltimore, Maryland. Welcome to the Hello. program. Hey. Can you hear me okay? I'm in my car. I can, yes. I can hear you fine. Great. Did you, uh, okay, my question is, um, with dying to ourselves, and I know that's, you know, the desire that God has for us, and then also when it comes to standing up for our freedoms as Americans and in a sense kind of maybe not dying to ourselves in that, in that aspect, what is the balance between standing up for our rights and, and the Constitution as 
Americans and then dying to ourselves as um, a new creature in Christ? That's a great question. Let, let me ask you a couple of things to clarify in your thinking uh, and see if I can't help you answer the question. What, what came first, the Bible or the Constitution? The Bible, of course. The Bible, yes. So when we're looking for priorities to answer a question like that, we've, we've got to side with the Bible before the Constitution. And, and the Bible says very clearly that when, when a government entity, whether it's the United States, whether it's Rome, whether it's Russia, whatever government entity that we're submitted to commands us to do something contrary to the Bible— Right. Then what are we to do? We're to choose to obey God and not man. Okay, yes. And as we're assessing okay. this crisis, it's uncomfortable, uh, it's okay. challenging, it's difficult, but the government hasn't forbid us, at least from my, my personal leadership perspective, hasn't forbid us from preaching the gospel, from joining together, from uh, feeding the poor, from helping being the church yet they haven't forbid us from being the church what they have what they have suggested and you know I know there's debate on what whether there's a law or an order but what they've suggested is that we don't come together in large group gatherings and they've done that for movie theaters they've done that for baseball teams they've done that for um, a variety of larger group gatherings uh, and so as I walk through this the I wouldn't put it so much in denying ourselves. I wouldn't put it in that category because the answer to denying ourselves is pretty easy. Like the denying of ourselves is to put God at a higher priority. Um, but I would put it in the context of at what point is the government mandating something that is contrary to the word of God? And we may not be able to, you know, our church is a larger church, so we could have, you know, 1,500 people in the building for one service. Uh, and so we haven't been able to do that for a while. But but we have right. been gathering in small groups all this time. Um, there, yeah. there have been opportunities for uh, people to get together in their homes. There's been opportunities for people to get together on the parking lot. There's been, there have been opportunities for the fellowship aspect. But there hasn't been. And, and really, for the people that... I was talking to another pastor today... For the people that that really believe this is a constitutional issue, they should just go to church and not even talk about it. They should just go. Yeah. Like pastors that are making this a, uh, and I, I I'm not in their shoes. So, I, but but my reason is my reasoning is this: don't set a date. Don't say you're going to do it then. If it really is a constitutional issue, go to church right now. Open the doors and tell people to come, and then it'll be done. You won't have to go onto the news. You won't have to be in the newspaper. You won't have to. Don't talk about it. If it's really the constitutional issue, then just go open the doors and worship. Right, but then maybe the authorities would come and find them. I know in some places they did. In some states, they actually um, gave them, um, summons them, and arrested some people. You know, for for gathering or. Um, yeah, is, they have, and that's know. the yeah. that's the risk you take, you know, because there is a legal system, and I know that the legal the 
there are attorneys that that are working feverishly for the freedom. Um, even though the Bible predates the Constitution, we still live under the Constitution. I don't minimize that. People have given their lives for it. It is the governing document of our country. Uh, however, there's a bigger narrative here than, and I want you, I want you to hold on because I, I think you have some follow-up that I want to hear. We're coming up on the break, so can you okay. hold on for a little bit more? Yeah, sure, I can. Okay, okay, hold on. We're going to do like a two-minute break, um, and then I'll be back, and I'll, I want to follow up with some of your some of your follow-up. So this is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Great conversation. This is on the mind, uh, and if you disagree, it's okay. I, I'm absolutely willing to hear your disagreement. Um, it's it's okay. Disagreement doesn't mean we destroy each other. So if you disagree, call me, 303-690-3000. I'd love to hear your point of view. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. The, the show goes so quickly. We're already in the second half, and I appreciate you joining me. We have an open line if you want to grab it, 303-690-3000. Uh, we're on the line in Baltimore, Maryland right now with Colleen. And she had a great question. I think it's on many people's minds. So I asked her to stay over for during the break. Colleen, welcome back. This is Lori. I'm sorry, Lori. Uh, then he pushed the wrong button. Um, can you, Lori, can you keep You're holding Colleen? so we can go back to Colleen? Colleen's Who? still here. <laughs> Colleen is still there. You're with me. Okay, um, so we were talking I, about dying to ourselves, standing up for our right. freedoms in the context yeah. of coming back to church. So what point of view or well, what follow-up do you have? Yes, well, I was thinking about it, and I realized that I've been struggling immensely, um, very, very angry about what's going on with the COVID-19. I know that there is yes. a virus, but I know that they're, they're also using it to... You know, in an extreme way, I, I mean, we've watched a lot of alternative news, and we know not everything is true. Some of the numbers sure. are not true. And, I mean, we believe that they're using this virus as a way of, you know, subtly bringing in some of the control. Absolutely. We've read some of the documents, and maybe so, ultimately— So let's do this. So, okay, so because I agree with you. I agree that we live in prophetic times. I agree we live in— biblically prophetic times. I agree that not everything is all as it appears. Uh, I agree even with some of the views or possibilities in the conspiracy realm, that, that those are possibilities. I'm not saying I subscribe to them, but they're possibilities. So let's, let's, let's go ahead and bring the whole audience with us and say, okay, we believe all of that. Now what? So what's a Christian to do then? I'm really and, struggling. Very, I find myself reacting when I'm in the stores and people, you know, are looking at me if I don't go six feet away, um, the whole thing with the masks. And then it's just I'm really having a hard time with all okay. of the um, the challenges with this. And 
I feel like my freedoms are being, as an individual, are being taken away by the way every, all the stuff and mandates they're putting on us. So it, it, I'm finding myself getting very angry, and I'm saying, God, I'm your child. Why am I not just dying to myself here? Why am I? So let me ask you. Violated? Let me ask you a question then, because you've got a couple things. So you, you, in the beginning, so as I'm listening to you, and I want you guys that are listening in to kind of follow me because this is really good, and I think it's going to help us all. In your beginning, in the beginning of of your description of how you're feeling, it was very personal. Uh, it was very relational. It was very, um, you know, like it was affecting you on a personal level with other people where you go. And then, then there was a second part. Then it shifted to being very political, and you were feeling frustrated politically. You were feeling frustrated by freedoms taken away and by you know, unnecessary laws. And so it will help you. It will help you to separate those in your mind and focus on the things that you can control. For example, the idea that freedoms are taken away from us is is a universal truth. Uh, do you put a seatbelt on when you drive? Say that again? Do I put what? Do you put a seatbelt on when you drive? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Why? Because it's, uh, well, it is a law, but it also I don't want to, um, you know, not have it because I could, you know, have a, an accident and be injured. <laughs> and, and it was a mandated law. They used to make cars without seatbelts. They used to make cars right. without safety measures. They used to make cars, uh, they used to let you drive without. I, <laughs> and maybe I don't, I don't want to ask how old <laughs> you are, but uh, from my age, my mom's arm used to be the seatbelt when I was growing up. Oh, She wow. would whip that. She would whip that arm so quick on the front seat. I used to sit on the front seat as a kid. My mom would slam the brakes on, and the seatbelt was her arm. And, really? and things have changed yeah. over the years. And yeah. things have changed. And now now it is a law. Here in Colorado, if you drive around, it says, uh, I think it says, click it or ticket. And, yeah, they, you know, they we'll say get that a ticket. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we, so the point that I'm making there is not to say that the government's always right in what they mandate. Yeah. But that there are things that we have voluntarily given up. In this case, we give it up because we want to protect ourselves, right? That's okay. Right. I give that. Um, I made it a habit. I don't even think about it. And I put the seatbelt on because you're right. I, I want to protect myself and I want my kids to be protected. And if we can adopt the same mindset on some of these things like masks, six feet distancing, yes. <laughs> then it will I minimize. Guess. We don't have to agree with it. And we don't have, yeah. and, and, and you know, for people that want to protest, people that want to get into the legal system, people do it. But for most yeah. of us, we're not going to live in that world. We're going to live in the world where I was at the supermarket the other day and they implemented new um, rules that you can only walk one way in an aisle. I don't know if they've done it out oh. there yet, but they no. put a little sticker on the bottom and says, uh, you, you know, red light, you can't go, you got to go. Like every other aisle is one way, basically one way aisles. And Marie and oh, I God. went shopping and we saw something on the corner of the aisle, but it said, do not enter. And we entered anyway. And this dude got super, super upset with us. And uh, oh, he did that on more than one occasion. Like he, I guess he was the, he was the, um, the aisle police or whatever. And, and, and what it, we didn't do anything like I didn't engage him because I didn't feel like I was in a good mood to engage him. Like I probably, it probably would not have gone well. Um, but I need to be in the good mood. I need to be in the mood to engage a guy like that because I need to be able 
to communicate the love of God in very difficult situations. It's actually not about the one-way aisles. It's about the yeah. gospel of Jesus Christ. But I know that yeah. that day I was frustrated. I was a little defensive, and I probably yeah. would have been smart aleck with him, so I chose not to engage him because I would have sinned, and I'd just rather not sin against him and make it look right. bad. And, and, and we, we've got to learn how to live with the current reality for the sake of the gospel. And yes. the gospel has to take precedent. But if for those that are saying, um, th for those that really have a burden for the legal system and burden for, they should get involved in that level, but they shouldn't get involved at that level for the sake of the gospel because the gospel predated the Constitution. Jesus submitted himself. Listen, you want to talk about denying yourself. Jesus submitted himself to the law of the land uh, for the Roman government to the point of physical death. Yes, uh, I know. And he gave and it, us the and model. It's amazing. It, it amazes me when I realize that I don't have that in me, you know, at this time. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. like, I can't imagine um, just willingly dying, but I haven't been put in that place yet, so I can't say that I wouldn't. But I have to just remember that the life of Christ is in me and that it's yes. not going to have to be me. I have to keep coming to God and saying, here I am, God. I'm failing every day now with this. I, and I can understand that. That's not, that's, that this is an area where God is refining us. You know, trials and crises, they don't create things in us, they reveal them. This has always been in us. Uh, there, it, these things that were, and we may not be super happy. I mean, sometimes great things are revealed in us through trials, but a lot of times ugly things are revealed in us that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to, to re, be refined um, the Holy Spirit is wanting us to um, to surrender ourselves to the sanctifying work of Jesus Christ, and that that's what is the most important part of this. Because we will gather together again. Like we will gather. The, our our biggest issue is not gathering together in a building. Our biggest issue is being the body of Christ right now. We um. Our Governor Hogan allowed us to do drive-in service. So Good. our pastor has a platform outside um, Greater Grace Church, and we um, were able to drive in with our cars. And uh, so it was amazing. You know, they had the band out there um, singing and our pastor preaching. And we've done this uh, quite a few Sundays now. So that's an interesting thing. I mean, it's a little weird because you're not able to say hi to anybody. You, you know, you got to stay in your car. You can't come out. Right. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing: you can do whatever you want. That's the thing. Is this like for everyone that's bucking up against what we can do? Whatever we want, if we feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to hug somebody with their permission, we can hug them. We had drive-through prayer. We're not doing drive-ins because of our because of our um, <clears throat> um, because of our property and everything. But we we are doing drive-through prayer right now. And, you know, you can't anoint with oil without touching them. So I asked the gal if I could anoint her with oil. She said yes. Um, it, like, the, I, I don't, we can do whatever we want. If we want to gather together, gather together. Stop talking about it and just do it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a big deal. People aren't doing it. Go ahead. I mean, we had a whole group meet in our parking lot with their kids and everything. Great. I thought it was fantastic. I hope they come again. 
and and we'll let the chips fall where they may. Um, and we're we're gathering uh, as we come together with six feet separation. We have masks, but at the same time, we're also respectful of one another. And and we are uh, sometimes we have masks on, sometimes we don't, depending on who we're around. Like I, everybody's acting like they can't do anything and they still can do whatever they want. So go to jail for it. If you really believe it that much, then go to jail for it. Otherwise, stop complaining. That's really the essence. And I'm not speaking to you particularly, but in general, the if people that are making a big deal about it on so, social media and everything, just do what you want to do and take the consequences for it. But you know as well as I do, we would rather complain about things than actually do something. I think the key is what you said, having the opportunity to share the gospel, but not to try to, you know, say, well, this is crazy or this law is crazy, but just make your make it your priority. This is an opportunity to share the gospel. I mean, for such a time as this, you're able to talk to people because most people are, you know, a little frustrated and more open yes. if you're kind, at least. I, I agree. We can talk. I can talk to the, about the Lord more now than I ever have in my life. So yes. rather than think about myself and what I'm irritated with, just die to myself in that aspect and utilize the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody and keep dying to my right in my own frustration. And that's, and I'm, you know, here I am answering my own question. <laughs> and that's the whole point. I, I was just going to say, listen to you, because that's how this all started. I just want to help talk it out because I think you already know what God's doing in your life, and here you are processing it, because that's all we really need sometimes is to bounce ideas off and to hear each other as ideas so we say, oh, I can see how God wants to use me during this crisis time. It's pretty powerful. Well, thanks for calling in for Baltimore. Okay. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. We're going to come back to Colorado. Tanner is on the line. Tanner, welcome to the program. Hey, Tanner, are you with us? Oh, Tanner, I really wanted to talk to you, man. Because um, the producer said this, and I quote, I think people need to realize that these are the things that happened in Nazi Germany at one point, that happened in communist Russia and China. That is to say, suppressing church gatherings and he thinks people ought to go to church whether the government likes it or not. Man, I Tanner, I wanted you, I wanted you to develop this with me so much. Because this inflammatory comparison. Do you know there's a church in a real group of believers in Nazi Germany? Or there were? That there are real groups of believers in Russia? There are real groups of believers in the underground church in China. And if the U.S. government ever wants us to participate and cooperate with the extermination of a race of people or of the Jews, like, we wouldn't agree with that. Do you see what a big leap this is? How how far you have to jump? And Tanner, if you were on the line, I would have said this. Go to church. Invite people into your house. Have a Bible study. Sing songs. Go to your church building if it makes you feel comfortable. <clears throat> go in. We... <clears throat> Go to our church building. Our church has been open every day. We never closed our church. So go to our church building and pray with some believers. Uh, we've never closed our church. It's always had people in it every day. And I don't know how many days this has been, 
but every day. There are people in our church building right now as I speak. So go to the church. Like everybody talks like like I, I get the I get the restrictions. You know we're we're voluntarily um, suspending. I get it. But like everybody talks like <laughs> just go go to church. I uh, he thinks people ought to go to church whether the government likes it or not. Then go. Then go. That's my answer. And then I'm sure you would have a response. Well, no, just go. And then that solves your problem. Now, when you want to act on behalf of other people, well, you don't have that ability. You and I don't have the ability to uh, think and act for other people. And so I think of many people in our church that are eager to worship. I think of many people in our church that are eager to come back into a service on a Sunday or a Saturday. In our own church, I just think of my own little uh, fellowship here in Colorado. But I also think of the the brother that's at the nursing home with his dying dad. I think of the the many uh, the the hot spot in our country, um, the hot spot in our in our city, I should say, is right down the street from our church. It's a nursing home. Uh, we were talking yesterday with a brother who isn't certainly afraid for himself, but he's afraid for his high risk wife. And I was telling the church, like just admitting in my humanity, that the virus is real. Whatever the origin is, if it was a biological warfare, if it's ushering in the, the end times, like I don't know why everybody's so concerned about the end times, because if you're living with the urgency of Jesus' soon return, stuff like this shouldn't surprise us. Right? Why is everybody? Why now? I have to say that there should be a tremendous excitement now if everybody now is eyes are prophetically open, but they should have always been prophetically open. This is not unusual. the The coming of the Lord, one world government, one world uh, economic system, one world uh, ruler, the Antichrist. Um, will the church go through the tribulation period? Are we in the tribulation period? Again, whatever your viewpoint on that is, it's real. It's real. It's real. And I believe the most reasonable, calm, level-headed people on the planet Earth during this time should be the body of Christ. Don't you? Don't you think we should be the calming influence, pointing people to the hope of Jesus Christ? Don't you think we should be the church deployed, during this time? Don't you think we should always be the church deployed? Don't you think we should have a soft answer that turns away wrath? Don't you think that we should be ready to give an answer for the reason for the hope that's within us? Don't you think we should give give some indication that we have hope? Don't you think we should, like, like don't, don't you think we should walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh? Don't you think that you should be sharing the gospel with somebody every day? Don't you think you should be buying food for your cupboard and buying extra for a food pantry or a neighbor? Don't you think you should be volunteering and knocking on doors in places you could serve? And don't you think you should be thanking the the doctors and nurses and first responders? Don't you think the person at Walmart should get a big appreciation, maybe even a tip? Like a financial tip. 
Don't you think you have people that work in restaurants, especially the kids, and but people that have literally lost their jobs, millions of people? Like, couldn't we go on and on of things that we could do to manifest the love of Jesus Christ in our community? I think so. And wherever you fall, you know, obviously there's some people that fall more conservative and more liberal in terms of opening and gathering and, oh my goodness, we're like Nazi Germany. I mean, that's super extreme, but I know people believe that. So how are you manifesting the fruit of the Spirit? How are you being the church? The Bible, Jesus said that wherever two or three um, are gathered, Jesus is there in the midst. And I think that uh, we're planning to reopen as a church. Our board of elders and leadership are making plans right now. And we're going to ask the high-risk people to stay home for a season while they somehow get this. Like the, the, the virus is real. And so is the political stuff. And I don't know. I really don't know. And I'll never know probably how much of the difficulty is the virus how much of the difficulty is the government? How much of the difficulty is politicians? I, I don't know. But I'm not going to waste my life trying to figure it out. I'm going to live life that's in front of me. And I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart. So I'm sorry. I needed to follow up on that. Let's go back to Baltimore. Lori, line three. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks for waiting. We had some button pushing and everything. But you're on. What can I do for you? First, I just want to say I love you. I think I've been listening to you for, I think, only a year, maybe a little more. I don't know. But I just think that you're the greatest. You're funny. You're uh, just everything about you is perfect. So I just wanted to say that first. Thank you for your encouragement. um, Also, I'm referring to Matthew 2533. Okay. And it says, like, you know, the sheep go to the right, but go go to the left where he places them and so i got to thinking as saved people are we already judged so that we're really not going to be ju- like is that something that i missed like we've already experienced our judgment when we were saved so when you think when you say judgment are you referring to like eternal judgment yes Yes, Jesus Christ on the cross took our eternal judgment upon himself so that you and I will not stand before the white throne judgment and find ourselves outside of Christ. You and I are going to stand at a judgment known as the Bema seat judgment, and you and I will be judged not eternally, because that's already been settled. You and I will be judged for our works and whether we, we served God with pure motives or not. Okay, so when so, I was saved in January of 1989, was I feeling judgment? Because I remember I was feeling purged. You could have been feeling judgment. You probably were feeling conviction, uh, that, that weight of conviction of your, your sin against a holy and a righteous God, and just that, that recognition of, man, I thought I was a good person, and God just revealed to me that I've never been farther from Him than the moment I repented of my sins. Yeah, okay. That makes so much sense. Well, let me just say, though, even though your question was based on Matthew 25, 33, that that's that's judgment is actually neither the great white throne or the Bema seat. What's being referred to in verses in verse 32 
All nations will be gathered before him. He'll separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats is actually a judgment of nations on how they treated Israel. And this is, so we're not this considered is after, those sheep? This is not referring to us at all. This is, this is referring to national entities and their relationship to, to Israel. How can a whole nation be considered a sheep? Yeah, it's a it's a euphemism. You know, how can a human being be considered a sheep? It's just a it's a comparison. It's symbolism, metaphoric language. Okay. Alrighty, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling and waiting. Okay, sure. All right, bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let me see. We have a few minutes, so let me jump to. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go over to to Edward in Denver, Colorado, line one. Edward, welcome to the program. Edward, are you with us? Yeah. You're great. Right, you're on the Jesus. air. we got just a few minutes. Uh, and you're walking. The thing here, briefly, I don't want to go on. You had a wonderful discussions today and lots of wisdom. <clears throat> uh, yes. I've had some extraordinary moments where in cashier lines that uh, the cashiers have almost become authoritarian if you don't do something just so perfectly. And I want to say this. Uh, this is a tough time for all of us. We we don't know. The ca- those cashiers could have family members that have COVID. They, they could have lost somebody to COVID. They could be, we don't know. This is one of the few times in our life when we don't really know what's going on with other people. It's very a very stunning time. We can't assume anything. People are so re- uh, reserved and quiet. If you could offer right. up a little bit of a prayer. Let's uh, do that. And I'm sure that you understand this as well as anyone. Just a, Let's do that. Father, I agree with my brother, Edward, that um, he's just reflecting as he's seen in his own, um, I've seen it too, Lord, the tense pressure uh, that's pressing on upon the world at this point and so many. Uh, we don't know really at any time what's going on in a person's life. We don't know the backstory. And I just pray for your forgiveness for our willingness to jump to conclusions so quickly. And just to be fully convinced in our own mind, but not really take into consideration empathetically someone else's viewpoint. So would you soften the body of Christ? Would you soften us? As that one sister said from, uh, I think it was Colleen from Baltimore, like this is very much a learning to die to ourselves, to place you and others at a higher priority than ourselves. Like your word says, your word says to esteem others in Philippians better than ourselves. And so I do pray for the burdens, the difficulties, that they would be opportunities for the gospel. They wouldn't be opportunities for at least first and foremost, they'd be opportunities for the gospel. And also, what else do we have to learn, Lord? What do I have still to learn through this? I don't have every answer. And I thank you for the privilege of being on a show where I get to answer questions, but I don't have every answer. And I don't know every single thing that's asked. And and I don't even answer all the time perfectly with the right answers even. And so I pray you would refine my mind, uh, that you would help me to walk in the Spirit myself before I ever encourage anyone else to do that, that I would do that, and that I would manifest the fruit of the Spirit, and that I'd be interested in 
persuasion, not argumentation, and that you would use me, God, and the Word of God that you put in and the Spirit of God that dwells in me to be an agent, uh, to be a person of change and encouragement. Because I know I don't always want to be. Like I said with that guy at the market, sometimes I'm frustrated. And and so I don't want to be that. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to be used by you. I want to lead well. I want to teach well. I want to serve well. And I also pray for that for wisdom, God, that we would open up and that you would show us the right timing so we could have a peace. Um, we would do it in such a way there's a peace. And just speak to the governor. I have no idea why he's holding back. Um, that you would... You, you have the ability, like the rivers of water, to deal with the hearts of leaders. So just deal with that guy. Deal with him in a way that would be uh, revolutionary and revelatory. And, and speak to him, uh, even as an unbeliever. Speak to him. We pray for his salvation, God, and those that he affects. In Jesus' name, amen. Great way to end the show. Appreciate you guys. God bless you, Edward. Bye-bye. A uh, great way to end the show. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and calling in. Um, be sure to tune in tomorrow. Uh, we have opportunity to serve you and minister to you here on Grace FM, Hope FM, Truth FM, uh, Refuge FM, so many other stations around the country. Grateful for that. For those of you going through real difficult times, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're tense and pressure and maybe even headaches and migraines. And <clears throat> Sorry. May the Lord be your strength. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. Join us online. We'd love to serve you and then see you in person soon enough. God bless you. Thank you for allowing me to be a small part of the big work God's doing in your life. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.